0: It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler Rekovas. okay, everybody's job here, know what to do, okay, and play with incredible effort, great physicality. All right, let's show discipline today, all right? This game will honor discipline. The little thing's right. Be faithful to the little things, okay? That's, that's how you flip the script. Make no mistake about it, one play at a time, all right? right, going to be plenty of mistakes made out here on this field today. Great effort, okay, and physicality. I want to see great mental and physical toughness today. All right, let's put it to work. Good,
1: Good energy. Had a uh, scrimmage yesterday. They've had a lot of scrimmages.
2: Yeah, well, two in the past. Two weeks, right? That I know. Of. Of, late last week, and then yesterday. Yeah, a lot of live action. Is there a limit on how many scrimmages you can have throughout spring ball? Probably. Yeah. Probably I don't so. know. Uh,
1: Can't they, have any
2: two a days, right?
1: Seems like everything is is limited to some degree, and I don't know, like it does it have to be declared a scrimmage i mean really it's just a practice is really all it is so
2: how's the uh, like how's the team carry itself like i guess just the the overall energy i mean they know what happened last year that it was a disappointing year they carry uh, themselves go about things any different chip on their shoulder can you sense any of that
1: uh no i don't think so that's you just kind of have to look at it as an individual case because you got you got some players out there that are that are veterans that are confident. You got a mix of young guys that are still learning halfway with their tail tucked between their legs. Um, you know, some guys are are just you know carry themselves differently or quiet and work, and other guys are you know loud and talkative. It just it it just seems like a. Um, I mean, there's there's not a lot, especially whenever they're doing a a scrimmage as fast as the offense goes and there's not a whole lot of standing around time you got to have your head on a swivel out we
2: there. uh today we've talked about so much of practice slash scrimmage that you saw yesterday position groups individual players you know the I don't know if it's the thing that I like the most but one thing that's really stuck out to me is you mentioned the true freshman at tackle Caden Green and not because of you know, how smooth you said that he looks or how good he looks up to this point, you said he just kind of does this thing and keeps his mouth shut. And for whatever reason, it was, for me, all right, I like that. I like that. Just keeps his mouth yep. shut and does his thing and he's playing I, pretty well.
1: I think he's, you know, some of that stuff, well, number one, not every player, is, like everyone, we always talk about having vocal guys and vocal leaders and, and not every player is suited for that. Some guys, well, Anton Harrison at tackle was was the exact same way. He didn't say a whole lot of anything last year, and he was, he was their best offensive lineman by a big stretch. And, you know, you hardly heard a word out of the guy. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's the case with Caden Green. I don't know. I, I'm sure the, the more comfortable he gets, the more confidence he builds, uh, the more at home he feels around his teammates and – and coaches, then I'm sure you'll start to see a little bit more personality come out. Which, you know, it's not I, like I don't mention it as anything bad. He's just, you know, he's just a guy out there playing really good football right now, for for where he is for a, a freshman coming in and being asked to play tackle uh, because Rouse is out. I mean, he's he's done. He's handled himself pretty well
2: where is uh what what's Brent doing during some of these scrimmages he uh standing behind the uh, line of scrimmage behind the offense is he in there with the backers after every single snap what's 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 Brent up to what's he doing Venables yeah that's yeah he's
1: no. everywhere
2: all over the place all
1: over the place he's behind the offense he's sprinting over to the sideline to talk to the coaches or to talk to a player that had a mistake he's um, on the officials uh,
2: who were out there. He's for on the, the, the officials in the scrimmage. Oh, that's what I like to see or like to hear.
1: It, he's like
2: you would imagine. He's, he's back.
1: He's turned up to 100 the entire time. Never stops.
2: Getting on the officials, though, during a scrimmage, that sounds uh, – <laughs> I mean, I, I guess everyone's got to live up to the standard, right? Even the officials, but that's well, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I just I saw him talking to one of them in a in a, what I would describe as a pretty assertive uh, look. I don't know what the conversation. Maybe he was, was mentioning
2: last year. It was, was it Big Twelve officials over there? Of course, he was getting after him.
1: It was probably needs to. the West Virginia crew. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know.
2: Oh, so someone uh, had an interception, got hit in the face mask, and then they ended up picking up the flag five <laughs> minutes later. Is that what happened at the scrimmage yesterday? Yeah um quarterbacks real quick um Dylan Gabriel well you mentioned earlier that you really didn't pay too much attention to what was going on at QB but what when you did pay attention to who was playing at quarterback how did uh Gabriel and your true freshman Jackson Arnold look
1: Jackson Arnold um whenever he takes off you could tell how athletic he is he's got some good bounce um you know, when he gets out on the perimeter, you know he makes some good plays on the run. He's got a live arm, really strong arm, um, throws a good deep ball. You can't outrun his deep ball. Um, I thought Dylan Gabriel is exactly what you would expect. He's uh, smart with the football, delivers at the right place, takes care of it, uh, doesn't turn it over. He throws a, a really nice – uh, deep ball, like he he hit. I'm I said I wasn't sure, like I think the deep balls that as I was talking about how, how many good plays Farouk made, I think all of those were from Dylan Gabriel, and they were just really, really top notch throws, really good stuff.
2: Well, that's uh, that's nice to hear from Farouk that it's a c- contested catches on deep balls because how many times have we referenced wide receiver number one could be whoever your best deep threat is. Yeah. And that's just three individual moments in a lot of practices throughout the spring, but that could be telling, I guess, in the middle of a scrimmage if they're the one that he's going to and he's making competitive plays like that. So it it, it sounds like Jaleel Farouk may be the popular pick to be your number one wide receiver before spring, and it sounds like he's absolutely there in the mix. What would you say, probably with uh, Andrew Anthony and Nick Anderson or the two other? Most likely candidates for that, or would you throw someone else in?
1: I would say it's probably, like, from what I've seen, between, um, it's it's Farouk and Anthony, like for guys that are going to lead the team in receiving yards, uh, you may, you know, Drake Stoops may have a bunch of catches, or I don't know how the catches are going to break down, but those two guys I would I would guess are going to be your lar- yardage leaders. Who is number 1? I really don't know and honestly, I think it it may be better that we don't have a true number 1. I, I think that both guys are are going to be capable of that and how it breaks down, I just I don't know necessarily. But I think they're both both have a really good I think they're both going to have really good seasons.
2: Uh, this is the third consecutive time that you've gone to practice. You come back the next day, and, well, I, we did this in the 3 o'clock hour, so you can go back to the podcast page and listen if, if you have missed that. But Rondell Bothroyd uh, seems to be someone that you consistently mention every time you're out there.
1: Yep. He's, he's the best, um, most consistent we ha- guy we have on the defensive line. He's He's good against the run, holds point. Uh, makes makes a bunch of tackles for loss. He's he's going up against the best offensive lineman most of the time. in Tyler Guyton. He's he's nifty and um, efficient in the pass rush. Really good at using his hands. He's he's just. it just a,
2: sounds like he's a savvy vet. Is he, what that's he exactly is. Exactly what it is. And he's maybe not the ideal size, or he'd be in the NFL, but. He's just a savvy guy that just knows how to make plays. He like for for the for the body he has, he knows how to put himself in the right spots to to make enough plays. Yeah. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me. he's
1: he's he's the most consistent. He's smart, he's he plays with good pad level, good hands. Always in the right spot and he's, you know, that's right now that's good enough to be the best like cuz we've got uh we got a lot of inconsistent play. From other guys, and some of that is to be expected from the younger players. you are Mason Thomas and a, but some of the other guys like Downs and Grimes. Um, you know, those two; those two guys are they're they're good, but I wish they were more proficient rushing the passer. Uh, I, you know, they're both just kind of almost big, heavy-handed guys that don't have great get-offs and if you don't have a great get-off you've got to be really really good with your hands and know how to take advantage of um you know the the negatives in the way that a tackle sits or maybe you know attacks you too quick or you know tries to lunge with his hands a little bit too fast like you've got to be really good at those things if you don't have just like this unreal Get off and athleticism to be able to run the hoop and play and get low and turn your hips like like some guys do. They just they don't have that yet.
2: Text line really don't understand when this became some hot debate. Farouk was always going to be wide receiver one this year. There's a lot of things that go into being wide receiver number one other than total yards. This seems to have been blown way out of proportion. Who is number three and four is the question. Drake Stoops is number two, obviously. Well, whoa.
1: Uh, that, I appreciate the text message, but that is absolutely incorrect. Um, I don't know necessarily that it's a hot debate, but Andre Anthony on the team is uh, maybe even more likely as a number one than Farouk, but it's those two guys are one and two. I mean, it's. That's who it is, not Stoops. Stoops is like – he. we know what we're going to get from him. He, he's not going to be – you know, he's not going to be running fade routes down the sideline like we might get him on a wheel route from the, from the slot position or he may run a seam route uh, from time to time, but that's not going to be his role. He's going to be working the bubbles, the tunnels. He's going to be working the the hand sweeps. He's going to be working the middle of the field, the over routes in some of the play action stuff. That's what Drake Stoops is going to do. He's not, he's not going to be your number one wide receiver and that's fine. You know, it's just, that's just not the role that, that he's going to play he's, or he's not going to be the number two either. He's,
2: you know, he's
1: that, that middle tier
2: guy, the, the slot guy. You're going to have a lot of portal players from this past cycle starting. Um, Pearson got a chance at safety, right? And then Trace Ford will have a chance. Uh, the kid from Notre Dame's got a chance. Uh, who are we legitimately just talking about? I don't, I don't know. what. Bothroyd. Bothroyd will start most likely. Stodner. Stogner will start. Rouse will start. Andre Anthony. Sounds like he's got a real like – you're going to have – and I don't think that this is going to be the case moving forward if they're the team that I, I think that they want to get to. I think it could look like Georgia at some point where – the number of transfers or portal guys that you take becomes smaller and smaller as you move forward here. And then at some point, it's only under kind of selective situations. But, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of portal guys start this year and play a lot of snaps.
1: Yeah. I'm just looking. It's um, Rouse, Stogner, Bothroyd, Anthony. Those are four guys in – Pretty critical positions that are going to get um, like your left tackle, your lone like keystone tied in. um, As of up to this point, your your best, most consistent defensive end. um,
2: And maybe have one at Cheetah. We'll see. Like sounds like Justin Harrington's playing pretty well, but McCullough, you cannot write him off as a potential starter on this defense. At least I'm not.
1: Yeah, and. Um, also a, I guess it's not necessarily a transfer, but, um, Kendall Dolby, um, at corner is a guy that's, you know, he's, he's been in the mix fighting as well. there as a, as a junior college transfer. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing meaningful minutes for sure.
2: Uh, what will we see from Stogner this year? Says the 405 you're starting tight end. And hopefully, a guy that is lethal in the middle of the field and in the red zone, but everyone wants to immediately point out the inability in the intermediate passing game from Dylan Gabriel well he might he might help you out more than anyone with that, yeah stogner
1: yeah, well, that's the hope. you know, I think you can tie Stogner's production to how effective is the running game. The more effective the running game, I think the the bigger and better year that Stogner has. Uh, because of all the play action and boot stuff that this offense has built in.
2: There's a difference between being the best and the most consistent. Stoops is the most consistent receiver on the team. Farouk is probably the best. Okay, well now we're getting into uh, that whole wide receiver uh, discussion. That means it's probably time to put a pin in it. Yeah,
1: Here's the thing is I like where the the group is rounding out right now. Who's going to be number one or two or three doesn't really matter. Um, I like Anthony. I like Farouk. I like Stoops. I like Freeman. I like Anderson. I mean, there's we're going pretty deep at wide receiver right now with guys. And that was a big
2: that that was arguably a top three question mark of this team going into spring. And again, to say it again, like that doesn't mean it's not a question mark right now, or that it won't be a question mark going into the year. But right, if it was a top three question mark, and I think it may have been, it it sounds like it's progressed. In terms of question, real big question marks you had going into the spring, maybe the wide receivers have progressed the most out of any position group.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's also, it's hard to, it's hard to determine that in, in a, in practice. You just, you don't get the same. It just doesn't unfold the same as it did. Do, it does on the field against another defense. You know, I, I, we'll just have to see how they look once we get into the meat and potatoes of Big Twelve play. But as of right now, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty good that we're going to have some guys that have a chance to have nice seasons. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. You love the Sooners, and, and we, we love, love talking, talking about, about them.
2: them. <laughs> Keep it dialed in to Sports Talk ninety nine point three FM and fourteen hundred AM. All season long with The Rush. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. With a Buckus Award winner and Sooner sideline analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas, The Rush. Holy hail damage! Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roof? Offers personal and business coverage. Rightway insurance 405-607-6014. Or request a free online quote at rightwayinsurance.com. That's rightway insurance at 405-607-6014. <laughs> We're in studio. It's the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Fun interview coming up next segment. We're going to talk some OU softball with former OU pitcher DJ Sanchez. She is uh, currently an OU softball color analyst as well on both radio nice. and TV. She's she's awesome. She does a fantastic job. I, I just really need to ask her um, how historic of a starting rotation rotation being the key word right now for OU softball, how historic we're talking about with what OU's throwing out there with the one, two, three trio that they have. So we'll talk to DJ coming up next. Speaking of OU pitching, um, Jordy Ball was randomly at the station today. Jordy Ball and Rodney Anderson uh, were both in here today.
1: What's going on with that?
2: Jordy was cutting a spot for, I guess, an NIL deal that she has. And Rodney Anderson, I guess, essentially was her handler. It was a little weird seeing Jordy and seeing her walk around just like normal and not like hopping around all fired up and, you know, maybe pointing to someone. So we got to see her much calmer side, not the pumped up side in the circle that we see every single game.
1: Were you fanboying?
2: I didn't fanboy. Did you Proud to say. Try and get an
1: autograph. Why didn't you ask uh, Jordy Ball how historic
2: this uh, is rotation is? this the best <laughs> softball rotation ever, Jordy? <laughs> I don't think Rodney Anderson would have liked that too much. Uh, good stuff. Just a guess. Uh, all right. Text line 405 651 3439 From the 580. I watched five minutes of NBA. It was weird watching an NBA game where both teams were trying to win.
1: I actually watched that game last night as well. It was entertaining. Hmm. We got a. Text
2: line is going to be disappointed at you.
1: Yeah. We got a we got a good young team that's got some promise there.
2: Uh, let's see. Is Jaden Gibson getting any closer to getting quality snaps, says uh, Santa John? See any Jaden Gibson out there yesterday? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's still got um, – he's still got great height. Um, he's got a lot of bounce in his step. I think he he does some really good things. I think he's just got to um, – he's just got to continue to find consistency. You know, I – I don't know. It's it's. I don't know how you separate yourself at wide receiver. Um, you got to make big plays. You got to.
2: Well, how you separate it yourself is what Jaleel Farouk did yesterday. Is well, one-on-one situations where it tight co- where it's tight coverage, you go up and win and make a play. That's, yeah, I mean more than just getting schemed open or anything.
1: Yeah, well, there's 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 definitely that, but there's also what what are you doing whenever you don't get the ball Are are you constantly lining up in the wrong place or not running the right you know a lot of what they do is like there's adjustments on the fly to the coverage that that you're presented with at the snap and you know you have to change like it's not all changed by hand signals and stuff like a lot of it is changed by the look that you're getting and can you trust guys to run the right routes against the whatever look that's presented? You know, I I don't know what, who it was or what went on, but you know, I saw yesterday, you know, Gabriel threw a ball over the middle and there's absolutely nobody home. And I, you know, I was like, "That, that was weird. And he's got his hands up, like to say like what happened. And then I hear the, offensive coaches going off on one of the receivers, don't even know who it was. But like it's more about that stuff, you know, than it is. I think there's a lot of good guys that have good athleticism that can go catch the football. But it's it's all of the other things. Are you are you running the right routes? Can they trust you? You doing the right things. I mean it's there's a lot more to it. And I think that's probably what he struggles with because You know, whenever he makes plays, he shows that he's got some great physical skills.
2: Drew from Flower Mound, y'all must have answered this. I was a little distracted as someone's cat was walking around my apartment complex. Mm. Hmm. Uh, What do you think is next for R. Mason Thomas? Is it something like what Bothroyd has, of course lacking experience, in like using hands or developing a power rush? So, like, what, what needs to be next for R. Mason Thomas is what he's asking. Uh... Good luck with that cat, Drew.
1: Yeah. What are you, a dog or something? You can't, like, a cat <laughs> walks by, by your window walk. and you <laughs> go over there and stare out the, scratch up the windowsill. Um, it, most, not every, most great pass rushers have a speed move, whether it's, um, you know, like, just a, like a really good dip and rip where they can run the hoop. Um, or, you know, kind of maybe a club and rip, a move around the outside. They have a counter to that move where you show that spin back to the inside or counter-step back to the inside whenever the tackle oversets you, and a really good strong move or bull move uh, of some kind. Uh, So he needs to develop all three of those. And... I just I don't know where he's at in that progression. He's got really good get-off. But I haven't seen a whole lot else development-wise on his pass rush skill set. But I will say that I've only seen a very limited amount. I haven't seen a whole lot of his one-on-ones. I've only watched him a handful of times whenever you know, it's it's just it's hard to see everything at once. So, you know, I I just I I'll say that from what I saw, I was was hoping to see him a little more developed at this point, but again, it's I have a very small sample size.
2: Uh, by the way, did you get called meathead or anything when you showed up yesterday? Did not. Yeah, he really is serious this year. Did not. That's three times you've been out there and not one time as he said where the hell have you been or called you a meathead or anything like that? This guy's really locked in this season. He's locked in. Or he's maybe focused. he's, maybe he's more locked in when he is calling you meathead and asking where you're at. I don't know. I guess we'll yeah, find out this year. That's a
1: good point. Maybe his attention is actually slipping, you know, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no meathead stuff yet. Um, but now yeah, I, I think our Mason Thomas, you know, I, th- I it, it's interesting. We've, we got you got different bodies at defensive end and i just don't know are, are we being nuanced enough and teaching some of the pass rush stuff to different guys? Different guys have different strengths. All
2: right. let me, yeah. hold, hold on. Let me, let me read this. <laughs> don't, look, don't look at it. I just want you to hear it live. Okay. Y'all might have answered this, but I was distracted by some guy with a mullet playing with his turtles. <laughs> What's it like to play in a spring game? God, that's someone who listens all the time. Thank you. I love that. Okay. All right. uh, DJ Sanchez, former OU pitcher, coming up next.
1: Quick timeout. We'll be back. Stay tuned. This. This. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network.
0: Your Buick quest begins here at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in Oregon. Service, your state forester and the Ad Council.
2: The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman excited about this. Let's talk some OU softball with DJ Sanchez. DJ, a former Sooner pitcher, a current radio and TV color analyst, and play-by-play voice as well. DJ, you did a fantastic job last weekend. How was that, stepping into the uh, play-by-play voice role last weekend?
0: Thank you. Here's all I have to say. I am no Chris Plank, (laughs) but um, it was a blast, a totally different experience, but I had a good time with it.
2: Yeah, I I think everyone thought you did a fantastic job, and, you know, Jordy Ball did a fantastic job on Tuesday night at LSU, and that's kind of one of the main things that we wanted to ask you today is, you look up at the Big 12 leaders in ERA, Nicole May is number one with a .43 ERA, storocco's number two with the .74 ERA, and then there's Jordy with a 1.30 ERA, uh, fourth in the Big 12. Uh, what are we talking about here, DJ? Like, if this continues on the same path as it is, like, I'm starting to have the take that it's trending towards this is the best pitching staff that maybe college softball has ever seen. You can call me crazy if you want. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings, but is this at least on a path to be thought of as that if they take care of business from here to the end of the year?
0: So Here's the deal. I mean, people would kill. Coaching staff and teams would kill just to have one of them right? I mean, how many people would be wanting Nicole May as their ace right now? Or Starocko or Jordy? And they have all three of them. And it's it's just unreal. As a staff, I mean, they've been absolutely dominating. And not just any lineups. Texas Tech came in really swinging the bat well. LSU is no slouch offensively. So, I mean, they're doing it against some of the better offenses that they're going to see. But The fact that there's three of them with double-digit wins, sub-one ERAs other than Jordy. But, I mean, Jordy's throwing about as well as I've seen her throw right now, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and maybe they expected her to maybe take a little bit to round into form. I think she had that extended time off with that forearm. Let me ask you this, because, and I know in softball we see pitchers that throw you know, a huge amount of innings, a huge amount of pitches. It doesn't seem to be that big of a factor, but does the fact that you have three starters the way that they do, does that give you a benefit as the season wears on to, to maybe be a little bit more fresh than some of the opponents that you're going to see?
0: No question. I mean, I came from the era, and this will age myself a little bit, but I came from the era of you had one eighth, and that's what you – that's what you rode. And mm-hmm. that, that myth of, well, th- throwing a softball is a natural motion and that doesn't do any wear and tear on the body. I mean, I'm too – it's it's a different um, way that teams and coaching staffs are building staff. And the fact that they're going to be able to walk into regionals and supers and the Women's College World Series with three pitchers who are under a hundred innings potentially? It's there are very few staffs in the country that can do that, and the ones who at least have two, I feel like are going to be the staffs that we see and the teams we see go deep into the postseason.
2: What's different with Jordy? And I mean, she was still good at the beginning of the year, but I agree with you, DJ. Like after what she did Tuesday night, I mean, she has the third ERA on this team, but maybe she's pitching better than anyone on this staff right now. What are you seeing that's different from her right now than maybe what it was the first few weeks of the season?
0: I mean, she just looks sure of herself. And not that she didn't at the beginning, but being a sophomore coming off of a season like what Jordy Ball had as a freshman is hard. You know, I mean, they don't call it a sophomore slump for for no reason, and not that she was in a slump by any means, but – there were a lot of expectations rolling into the season for this whole team, but especially Jordy Ball and that expectation of doing it again, being better. Um, so I think for her, she looks more confident, not that confidence is ever an issue as she like stalks around the circle, Having a breath, being able to take a deep breath and go out and throw and trust, trust that what she's doing is enough and you know coming off of what she did is hard I think it's a mental growth for her more than anything else
1: yeah Um, obviously it's it's a lot to live up to as well you know going for a three-peat and I Mm -hmm. you probably hear this question a lot uh it's not very original but it's it's kind of what you have to ask, and everyone is interested in, considering how good they are, factor going for a three pete. How does this team, at least as you've seen them up to this point, oh, how do they compare to the previous championship teams Gosh. that we've seen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. I mean, you you take Jocelyn Allo off this team, right? That was the big how are they going to replace her? There is no replacing her. But this team, what they're doing offensively as a whole, one through nine, um, have picked up the slack um, for losing her. But you add Starocco to the staff and, you know, replacing Trotline and what the staff did last year. I think the biggest thing I keep looking at is who's going to be able to beat this team twice. Mm-hmm. I think that there might be some teams who can take a game, but – I keep going back to who can beat them twice, especially when they have three pitchers to make the look completely different out of a circle each game.
2: Well, uh, DJ Sanchez is our guest, former Sooner pitcher, current radio and TV color analyst for OU Softball. What, what, uh, what do you make of the offense right now? I'm uh, getting a little annoyed about uh, these opposing teams switching out pitchers every single inning. Oh, my um, gosh. It, it, I mean, I, I guess it is effective, and I'm guessing we're going to see it as the, uh, as the year continues to roll on, but just kind of what's your opinion of the offense and this new strategy that opposing teams are taking?
0: What I love about this offense is it's complete. I mean, you watch from leadoff through the nine, and Coach Gasso, I mean, she's shaken up. It's not set in stone, and we're still seeing people being shifted in and out, and I think that that's amazing considering what, each person is doing offensively, but it's still a an iron sharpens iron mind mentality and people are coming in and getting spot starts and getting pinch hits and taking advantage of opportunities, you know, but the offense is complete. I feel like that's the best way I can put it. They hit bombs, they hit doubles in the gap and manufacture things. So the entire like merry-go-round of pitching staff, um, there's part of me that wants to say that that coaches are over-coaching a little bit, right? Like trying to to play the chess game of how do we do this. But I understand it to a certain extent, but it's tough for me to watch it and see a pitcher who's doing pretty well and holding them down and hanging zeroes on the scoreboard and get yanked for the next pitcher to come in and give up three runs. But I... I feel like people are taking the approach of we didn't get run rules yeah, today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, keep it close, right? Well, you know, I think right. it's interesting. We talk about this staff, and you know, Tyler asked the question: is this is this one of the best staffs, or maybe the best staff ever on the same team? I, it would make sense if you had the deep staff that Oklahoma does, and. I most teams this is not the norm there's a massive fall off from 1 to 2 I can only imagine from 2 to 3 I mean and I think that's that's exactly what you're you're getting out there is at what point does it become uh, you're you're kind of going against you know what got you to where you were but I was laughing and I was joking with Tyler earlier like what would that look like if Oklahoma did that and you had one ace after another coming in you never got a second look at any of them
0: I love that. I, you know what? Part of me is kind of going like, "Hey, coach! Every time they change pitchers, you change pitchers." Yeah. <laughs> and see how like see how people like that like being at their own game. But now it's 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 unreal. I mean, dare I use the word spoiled? I mean, watching the entire thing unfold. No, it's, we're spoiled. One hundred percent, we're spoiled. So I mean, you don't have staff that have sub one ERAs. As an entire staff, it's just not a thing. And being able to have three and one of them is Geordie Ball, it's it's unbelievable. And Coach Rocha, whatever she's doing, I'll tell you what, people are going to try to do the exact same thing, or at least I would.
2: Yeah, we, we just had a text that says if uh, Jen Rocha doesn't win assistant coach of the year, it should be a criminal offense and punishable by imprisonment. <laughs> other texts say, text say, DJ, you did a terrific job on the radio. I was telling Plank to fear for one of his 17 radio jobs. So <laughs> you're, you're the best, DJ. Thank you so much for doing this. Good talking to you.
0: Of course, you guys too.
2: There you go. Good stuff. All right. So what do you think? Does this have a chance to be – the greatest staff of all time? Well, or am I just throwing out dumb hot takes again?
1: I, all of those, all three of those are uh, potentially, like, I don't know, what, top 10 in college softball?
2: Uh, maybe are, you, are you talking about just ERA or just overall talent level? Just overall talent level. I mean, maybe even like top eight, dude. I yeah. mean, seriously.
1: So I can't imagine that that's ever been the case before. I, I know we've had... We've had years where we've had two, like, legit sure. aces, right? But not
2: three. Three's different, man.
1: Everyone else – like, there's teams that have good good depth at pitching, but they don't have ace depth at pitching, right? There's usually a – most schools have a big separation between their number one and their number two, right?
2: Yeah. And I would say even, like, the, the really good teams yeah. have a, a huge separation well, yeah. between one yes. and two. Yes. Like there, there's a bunch the of
1: – there's there's – I say a bunch – there's a handful of big-name pitchers out there that are, like, true aces, but you don't hear much about whoever their number two is. But, like, that's not the case. <laughs> a lot of – one of the best aces from last year is now at Oklahoma, right? I mean, that's one of the things that they've done is Transfer Portal has turned this thing into another animal.
2: It's pretty fun to watch. Tuesday night was pretty fun to watch again. Did you, did you catch any of that? LSU had, like, their fourth highest attendance ever.
1: I did not catch it, but I was kind of following along on Twitter, so I got to see some of the updates well, and uh,
2: they Well, they're playing maybe their best softball of the year, and Oakland, Louisville, and Miami of Ohio are on tap this weekend. So before we get out of here today, we need to say a prayer for <laughs> Oakland, Louisville, and Miami of Ohio.
1: Well, I saw the tweet that you put out, 30 consecutive scoreless innings right now
2: 30 and two-thirds innings yeah is what 30 it is. and
1: two-thirds and um like these three next three games i don't know how many innings there's, each game is a gonna situa- be 15
2: 45 and two-thirds innings is that what you're calling for, uh, for this weekend uh, maybe be a crazy tank.
1: they could probably keep it rolling all right let's hit a quick timeout more from the rush coming up we'll wrap things up
2: next this is your home for sooner fans The Ref Sports Radio Network. Stop looking and start booking your game day hotel at NCED Conference Center and Hotel. We have great game day specials, classic queen bed or king bedrooms, premium king rooms, and a variety of classic and premium suites to choose from. Just click nced-hotel.com or call 405-447-9000. Enjoy the Sooners and stay at NCED Hotel, located on Highway 9, just 10 minutes east of Owen Field. Call today to reserve your game day hotel, 405-447-9000 or online at nced-hotel.com.
0: Texting, talking
2: on your phone, or listening to music near train crossings or on platforms are big distractions. You need to see and hear the train coming. After you're on the train, those things are fine. So remember, simple things like taking your headphones out and taking your hood off could save your life. interrupt this call to bring you a special message. The The Big Big New Yorker Yorker is back. back. Say hello to six extra large slices. Big enough to hold more cheese on a crispy, fluffy crust that you've got to fold just to eat. I mean, you don't have to fold it, just a suggestion. Pizza Hut is the preferred pizza of the Oklahoma Sooners. Order online now at PizzaHut.com and remember, no one out pizzas the hut.
0: Me a of promises and a world of Riverwind is OKC's best casino. You're simply the best because we provide the best gaming experience. Better, better than Alongside the best food, drinks, and service. Better, better, better than Plus the best rewards program in the Metro. That's why Riverwind is your favorite place to play. You're the
2: best. You won't find better than number one.
1: Are you in need of purchasing your own health insurance?